You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Alan Hahn from Bart and Hahn will join me at 8 o'clock. We'll talk a little next. also want to get his start as a Jet fan about this uh, win today. If he's happy, what is he happier with? The win that ends the losing streak to New England? Or is he disappointed that now that offensive lineman that the team so desperately needs, he may have to, you know, make get not as good a lineman in the draft spot. So we'll hear what Alan Hahn has to say. We hear what you have to say as well. Also, as we get closer and closer, we'll hear from the Giant fans. This is a listen, we'll get to the calls in a second. Yeah, the Giant, yeah, Philly pulled some of their players. But the Giants were, were beating that behind early. They were determined this was ending today. <laughs> and they look really good. They look really good. They've had, they haven't uh, fared too well against the Eagles either. Now, it hasn't been 15, but they've been dominated by Philadelphia. Yeah, I know Philadelphia didn't have a lot of their play, some of their players in. Jalen Hurts started this game, though. Jalen Hurts started, so I don't want to hear that. A Green Bay win, so they are in. Jordan Love got their team to the postseason, so they win with a 17-9 win over the Bears. Uh, Kansas City leading the Chargers 10-9 with about a little over four minutes to go in that one. Remember, no Patrick Mahomes started that game today. I just saw Sam Darnold running for his life as uh, the Niners are uh, trailing the Rams by one. Back to the phones we go. John's in South Florida. What's up, John? Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Larry, uh, what's your take on, uh, I can't understand the Jets fans. Uh, I'm a Jets fan down here. I used to live up there in Queens. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think, don't you think, if you look at the Patriots' uh, results of the year, they had a lot of games where they lost by just a few points. Just a decent football team that, uh, they competed and they beat a few good teams, even though they came up short with only four wins. But what I'm trying to say is uh, I think that the defense today played their rears off. I mean, they shut down New England. Belichick threw everything he had at him. He blew up on the sidelines a couple times. He was frustrated. To hold a team to three points in four quarters – and they're not getting enough credit for it. I think the defense today played one of the best games of the whole season. Uh, John, thanks for the phone call. I agree with you. The defense was phenomenal today. There's no question about it. Uh, considering the weather conditions, I think the Jet offense gets some credit too, but the fact that they were able to put 17 points up on the board. So this was a good – if you're a Jet fan, this is a good day. Your defense was dominant. Your offense was good. Fabulous behind Bruce Hall. Uh, you didn't need Trevor Simeon to win the game for you. You just needed him not to lose the game for you. And that's what he was able to do. He didn't lose it. You were able to run the ball effectively. And this was, here's what was so good if you're a Jet fan. Here's what was so good about this win. What was so good about the win is you've been on the receiving end of these. Where normally... If you are if you are Bill Belichick, you know that the Jets are not trying to throw the ball. Okay? And even if they were, 
once Garrett Wilson left the game, that was going to be a major hole in their passing game. So the only person that was going to beat you on this Jet offense was Brees Hall. That was the only person that was going to beat you on this Jet offense. And you allowed him to do just that. So that is, that's, that's, the, that's the thing that if you're a Jet fan, you love. Because he couldn't stop whatever you were trying to do. No, he couldn't. There's nothing he could do. I mean, Brees Hall, 37 carries, 178 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's phenomenal. And, and he was the only one to beat you. Offensively. Defensively, listen. <clears throat> uh, they've got a lot of work to do in figuring out what's going on in their quarterback. And they're going to be in the prime spot to draft a quarterback coming out whether Belichick is there or not. Now, of course, all the reports are that this week it'll be decided. It's already been decided, and he's going to be, you know, they're going to part ways. He's going to move on, and I'm sure he knows where his next destination is. But um, nevertheless, uh, New England's got, you know, they've got to figure out that quarterback situation. Bailey Zappi is not the answer, okay? Not the answer. <laughs> At quarterback, we've seen it. Not the answer. So they have to figure out what they're going to do. They have to upgrade some positions. And it's it's going to be a changing of the guard up there. And it's going to be a different type of philosophy. It's going to be different if indeed what we expect to happen happens. It's really going to be different to watch somebody else on the sidelines up in Foxborough other than Bill Belichick who's been up there for what, 23, 24 years. I mean, it was different not seeing Brady up there. It's going to really be different not seeing Belichick. But if what we hear is true, that's the way it's going to be, and it will be interesting to see what direction the team goes. But they definitely have to upgrade the quarterback spot. They definitely uh, need some a little better receivers. I know they lost the tight end. I know they've had injuries. But... This is what, if you are a Jet fan, this is what you loved about the game today. That finally you were able to do something that Bill Belichick couldn't stop. And that was run the football in a situation where you knew the Jets were going to run the football. But you couldn't stop them. So it was excellent. So it was a nice win by the Jets. Uh, once again, finally stopping that losing streak. It's huge. But long-term, right, long-term, and the players, let's face it, the players don't care about long-term. <laughs> These players are not caring about long-term. They don't care. They don't care about it. They don't care about it. They care about winning right now. That's all they care about. But long-term, does this win cost you as far as draft situation? Yeah, it does. It's going to drop you some spots because you're a seven-win team. You're probably dropping down to what 11, 12, somewhere around there. Whereas look at look at the uh, look at the Giants situation. Okay, they're dominating. They're going to win. They're winning the game today. This is a win. So they beat Philly. Okay, but depending on what happens with the Chargers, they're only and Jordan Renan tweeted this on X. They were probably going into the fifth seed if. 
they'll stay the fifth seed unless the Chargers win. All right? And so if, if not, then they'll drop. So they'll be they'll still be in great position. So that's see, that's a win-win for them. They just weren't in that spot. But that's a win-win. So if you're a Giant fan, you get to, you know, you get to beat Philly, which you love to do. And oh, by the way, how many Philly fans invaded MetLife today? And I knew there were a lot of Philly fans there watching because when the Eagles left the field at the half, there were boos raining down MetLife Stadium. Those boos were not from Giant fans. <laughs> Those boos were from Philly fans who made their way up the turnpike in snowy weather to watch their team get humbled at MetLife Stadium. It's fascinating. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take more of your phone calls. Talk a little more NFL with you next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Congratulations, Giant fans. You beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Want to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Friends, Metropolitan Entertainment welcomes Tool to Madison Square Garden for two nights. That's Friday, January 12th and Saturday, January 13th. ESPN New York has your chance to score tickets at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Scroll down to contest and submit your entry. It's brought to you by Metropolitan Entertainment. Tool tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. This was a fabulous game for the New York Giants. This, was, this game could not have been any better for the Giants. The only concern you had is that uh, Tyrod Taylor was knocked out of the game twice. Tommy DeVito came on twice. But nevertheless, they were able to beat a Philadelphia Eagles team that has been a pain in the butt, frankly. They've really, they have really, really just worn the Giants out the past couple of seasons. And they've worn them out to the point where the games have not been uh Competitive. Not been competitive. Hold my thought for a second. I'm just watching um, the Rams and Niners game. And I just watched Sam Darnold just get hit and the ball just flew out of his hands and now the Rams will have it so they'll win this game. I mean, look, the Niners didn't need it, right? They didn't need the game. Uh, Brock Purdy didn't start. A number of players didn't start in that one. But, you know... uh, just a tough situation for uh, Sam Darnold, who got a chance to play today and, uh, you know, lose the game. Uh, once again, Tyrod Taylor looked great. I mean, 23 of 32, 297 yards, a touchdown and a pick. He did a nice job. He is a very, very good backup quarterback. Now, whether he will be there next season, you know, that's nobody knows. That's what the Giants will have to figure out as they look for their evaluations. Are they going to bring him back or are they going to turn the backup backup jobs? Or as they say right now, the quarterback two, the QB two spot, will that be a Tommy DeVito vehicle? So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Saquon Barkley today, 18 carries, 46 yards, a couple of touchdowns running for him. 
And there is a good possibility. And Saquon also caught two passes for another 51 yards. So this is nice. Over 100 yards from scrimmage for Saquon Barkley today in what is going to be speculated to be by some that it might be his last game as a Giant. Because you know and I know that he doesn't really want that franchise tag. And the Giants are in a unique spot, right? They, they have to make some decisions on where they're going. All right, where, where are they going offensively? They still need a big play receiver, a consistent big play receiver. I think Hyatt has the possibility of being that. I think uh, Wondell Robinson has the possibility of being that. I know that Darren Waller is supposed to be that, but once again, his you know inconsistency and availability is a problem. So, you know, that's something the Giants have to decide. Are we going to continue along this road? Or are we going to try to get better at the, at the offensive weapons? I think they need some stability at the offensive line. The offensive line did play better second half of the season than they did the first half of the season. And, of course, the major question for the Giants is, okay, what's the deal with Daniel Jones? Is he going to be our guy? Is he? Can he be the guy that can do what we think he can do, that we can fit certain game plans to him and let him take that next step? So, you know, the Giants have some questions as well. Defensively, uh, they took a major step in the second half. Over the past month, six weeks of the season, this Giant defense has been outstanding. It's been the kind of defense – that I think a lot of us expected them to be earlier in the season, right? Uh, they've been dominant. Uh, Kerry Kay has been phenomenal. Uh, and today they got a bunch of turnovers. The secondary was outstanding. Uh, Kay- Kayvon Thibodeau had improved as the week, as the season went on. He didn't no sacks today, but he's been, you know, he's drawn some attention. So now he's going to have to take that next step to make adjustments to what teams are doing to him. So he can continue to be, you know, a factor defensively, and that's what happens. That's when you know you are making progress. Okay, when teams are now making sacrifices and adjustments to make sure that you are the person that doesn't get to the quarterback. And then what that does is it allows other people now on your team to make some moves and to be that person that can, you know, to be that person now that can make to, to make plays. So the next person has to take that next step. So the Giants have some questions as well. And, of course, hopefully they will end the speculation of what's happening with the coaches. Is Kafka coming back? Is Martindale coming back? You know, what what changes will they be? Special teams coordinator, is he coming back? You know, there's been a lot of conversation. And once again, I'm sure the same things happened last season as far as disagreements and issues with the with the – with the coaching staff and the coordinators. But when you win, nobody cares. Because we're winning. It's okay. When you lose, it's a major issue. Everything is everything is the reason why we're losing. <laughs> everything. The fact that the coordinators aren't getting along with the head coach. Okay, that's why we're losing. Yeah, all these injuries. That's why we're losing. There's always something, right? There's always something to add to why you're losing. Okay, all this little stuff, all this little behind the scenes stuff, all this little miscommunication, all these arguments, all these little uh, misunderstandings, all this stuff. 
That's why we're losing this year. Last year, we did the same exact thing, and we won. So, uh, you know, it is going to be interesting to see what this giant team does in the offseason. They need some playmakers, okay? They need some help defensively. They need to lock in that offensive line. They can still be a very – it's a talent issue with the Giants right now. And I do think, even though this year wasn't, you know, things didn't go well, I still think that Dable and Shane are the duo that can get this giant team back on track. I still do. I still do. They, they've worked together. They know how to do it. Shane did a great job helping to uh, build that team in Buffalo that has had sustainable success. And that's what you're trying to get with the Giants, right? You're trying to get sustainable success that will lead you to a Super Bowl. That's the sustainable success you're, you're needing. I'm not, I mean, I'm not talking about culture and all that other stuff. I don't mean that. I'm talking about sustainable success where we make the moves we're supposed to make. We do what we're supposed to do. We build. We make sure we have our cap space. We understand what we have to do. We pick players here. We do The way to run a franchise so that you can reach where you need to reach, right? That's the biggest thing that the Giants have to do. So uh, we'll see if they can put that together. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. But, you know, Giant fans love to hear from you. How good was it to beat Philly with all those Philly fans in the stands? Cardinals miss a 51-yard field goal. Seahawks win. Oh, that's a tough one. Kansas City wins with Patrick Mahomes on the bench. A little later, we'll get you caught up with the scoreboard for Week 18 with all eyes on a Sunday night matchup for the division-winning team of the AFC East. We got that in your calls next on The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Hardy is in Brooklyn. Hardy, talk to me. You're next on 98.7. Yeah, hey, Larry. Thanks for taking the call, but You got it, Hardy. Talk the to only me. Regret I re- the only regret I really have as a, as a Jet fan mm-hmm. is that game in Atlanta. I really wish that they either put in Zach or even Simeon because I really feel like if either of those two quarterbacks, they would have won that game. Right. I'm not saying they would have, it would have turned out that they're beating the Texans, but at least it would have gave us a chance to go into that Cleveland game with something new. And, I, and again, they're not winning. I don't know if they're winning. But what? The, I don't know. Let me see what you think. I honestly think that they went to boil. Because they were afraid of the crowd getting to um, Zach, he was like the he was like the scapegoat to the to the Jet fans, mm. and they didn't want to put Zach at home quarterback. I, that's just my feeling, and I still don't know. You, you, they got Simeon at such a and they put him on the on the practice squad. So the coaching decision, whoever the heck it was, was it accumulation? Was it solid? To tell me that Boyle was better than either of those two? What the hell are they looking at? That's yeah. number one. Number two is that they made a big push for Dalvin Cook. And he, I wanted him too. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to be, you know, a big uh, plus on this team. But as it turned out, they we're watching Ty Johnson on Buffalo run <laughs> just as hard as, as Dalvin Cook. And they're going to use that money for an offensive line. 
offensive tackle in Brown and Becton to go in, and they relied on Tucker to be their backup tackle. When Tucker went down, and then oh, when Becton or somebody, oh, Brown went down, they reversed to going into no names. Mm-hmm. I mean, they basically had nobody. The backup tackle of last year wasn't good enough to see the field. Why is he on the damn team? Yeah. All right, thanks for letting me. No problem, my friend. No problem, Marty. Thanks for the phone call. You're 1,000% right. The whole quarterback and offensive line situation is is one that is going to keep Robert Sala and Joe Douglas up night after night after night in this offseason. It just is. And I don't know why they they decided to just put, put why Boyle had the had was given the shot to go ahead of Simeon. All right. Even if okay, so let's let's use their logic. He had just come into camp. He wasn't familiar with the playbook. All right, so we had to get him up to speed on the playbook. Okay. Maybe so. After you saw what Boyle did, it was clear to you that Boyle wasn't the guy. So. Here's what you do. You, you know, shrink the playbook, put a couple of plays in, let Simeon look at the playbook. You and Simeon get together. These are the plays Simeon is comfortable with. Let's run these plays for this for this person against this team. All right? And then we'll move on from there. Then we'll make a decision whether it's going to be Simeon or it's going to be Boyle or whatever is going to happen. But as Artie said, you're watching them every week, especially Boyle. You're watching Boyle every week. You knew he wasn't ready. You knew he was not going to be the answer. You knew. You knew. And so it was incumbent upon you to, all right, let's move. Let's pick things up. We still, we still could try to salvage our season. Okay. We still could try to salvage. Yes, we didn't get a quarterback that was available. No, we didn't want Carson Wentz. I'm not sure I wanted Carson Wentz. Okay, I'm, I'm not blaming the Jets for not getting Carson Wentz. I don't know what he had left. I'm, you know, they didn't want him. Got it. So once they made the decision on Simeon, then let's get him up to speed as quick as possible. We can modify the playbook to get him for this game. That's number one. The Dalvin Cook situation, listen. It should have worked. On paper, it was the smart move. Let's not try to rush Brees Hall in. Let's try to try to bring Brees along slowly. Okay, we've got Dalvin Cook who could take some of the snaps and do this. But it looked like he wasn't ready or he couldn't do what he needed to do. And so you ended up going to Dalvin Cook more. Then Michael Carter was getting runs. And then now you, you get rid of Michael Carter. It was just it was a mess. It was a mess. And ultimately the offensive line. And and listen, I'll say it again. I've said it before. We've all said it. We've all heard it. We all know. They lost a lot of linemen. They lost a lot of linemen. But they went in knowing that this was not going to be easy. See, that's the issue. They went in knowing what was happening. It's, yes, they had injuries. Yes, they had more injuries than you normally would expect from your offensive line play. 
There's no question about it. They had a lot of injuries at the offensive line. But you were going in understanding that the offensive line play was going to be an issue. And you didn't do a good enough job to address it before the season. So you can't be surprised that it didn't work during the season because you knew going into the season that there were some issues with the offensive line. You knew right there. You knew that it wasn't as good as it needed to be. You were hoping. You went to a scenario where you were expecting Makai Becton to hopefully be available as a reserve, as a right tackle to him starting most of the season as your left tackle. Not good. Tommy's in New Hyde Park. What's up, Tommy? Hey, how you doing, Larry? Hey, Tommy, what's up? I'm okay. I got to say one thing about this, Jess. This team has guts. They gutted it out all year without a quarterback, and they still imagine to get seven wins, which is unbelievable. <laughs> and I think if Aaron Rodgers, God bless him, and his, whatever, his Dolphins making love and a lot of other kind of crap, you know what I mean? If they, he stays healthy, we may have a shot and we make some right moves in the draft. Um, and I also want to ask you one more thing about the Bills game tonight with Miami. Mm-hmm. Who, who does it mean more to? Well, uh, thanks for the phone call, Tommy. I would think for Miami, it would. the Bills are into pl- in the playoffs right now uh, with the Jacksonville loss. So now there's a little more pressure off the Bills. But I think it means more to Miami. They want to win their division. They've been in first place most of the season. They want to clinch the, the division uh, to say they're the team. They're going to have home, home uh, field advantage. They would like that winning. If they lose, they're going to end up going to Kansas City. They don't want to go to Kansas City, you know, on the road. They don't want to do that. So I think for them, it's probably the team that wants it a little bit more. And they've had their, they've had, you know, sparring sessions with Buffalo. Um, they both want it. I don't know that it means more than one. I think if you're Buffalo, you want it because, you know, you want to be back there. You want to, you know, you want to show that you've put some things together now. You're You're on the right track. You're back to where you're supposed to be. You're back to... Being that team that everybody that that can have a Super Bowl run in them, and they're a more versatile team right now than they've been. I mean, listen, since the change at coordinator, this has been a different Buffalo team. They're more they're more uh, balanced off offensively. They will run the ball on you, other than the quarterback. All right, so they will do. You know, we know Josh Allen can run the ball. We know that. We've seen it. We got it. But right now, the way that things are going, they have an opportunity to show that they can be a little bit more than that. So I think, uh, personally, I think it means a little bit more to Miami. But for uh, Buffalo, they want this game as well. I mean, Miami's been... Here's the thing for Miami, and this, this clinches it for me, Tommy. Miami has been a team that has fought the story of we play well against teams under 500. We have trouble beating teams 500 or better. And so here's a Buffalo team that's better than 500 going into the playoffs. Beat them. Beat them, especially after being dismantled by Baltimore. You need, you need, they need this game. They need to show that they are a team that can do some damage. 
More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Talking about the Jets and the Giants. Giants, both teams win over teams and franchises that have given them some issues over the years. More so the Jets than the Giants. But both of them exercised a couple of demons today. Jack is in Manhattan. What's up, Jack? Hey, what's going on, Larry? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good, good. Um, I, I just think, like, what what do you make of the next season for the Giants at quarterback? Because I'm confounded, man. I mean, I mean, it's like everybody's got Danny on the exit, and they got, you know, the Tommy DeVito love on the love train, and Tyler's the good athlete. And What do you make of it? Well, Daniel Jones is going to be your starter next year, my friend. There's no question about that. He's going to be the starter. Uh, the question is, who's going to be the backup? And what are the Giants going to do in the draft? Are they going to draft one of these top quarterbacks? Um, I would think that would be a, a possibility. And then they will decide who's going to be quarterback two. Will it be yep. uh, Tommy DeVito or will it be Tyrod Taylor? Tyrod Taylor can, is a can free I, agent. Can I, can I ask you one other question sure. on the mm-hmm. Jets? Yes. yes. Um, so, at the, at the, and, and I'm probably an outlier here, and okay. I don't mean to be like the, hey, I was right guy, but uh, in the beginning of the season, I was, look, Aaron, it's not, it was always the wrong question. It's not that Aaron Rodgers is a bad quarterback. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's Hall of Fame. Great. But, mm-hmm. The point is the trajectory for the Jets for the next, whatever, three, five, seven, ten years. Like, he's not part of that beyond probably one, three. So mm-hmm. the point is, like, whatever you do with him has to end up in a Super Bowl. So the point right. is, why not go for Derek Carr? Like, like, like okay, I, like, you could look at his season this year, but actually he's pouring it on in the last couple of games. Point mm-hmm. is... He's going to give you a kick at the can for the next, if you sign him, next three, five, seven years versus a guy who's kind of on the downside and is going to give you all or nothing for one or two years. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you have done that? Well, Jack, here, let me try to take you through what their thought process was, and thanks for the phone call. Their thought process was that Aaron Rodgers, as you mentioned, better quarterback now better quarterback for a team that is uh, hasn't been to the postseason in 13 years and counting. And they felt that he also would be a person that could help them along with Zach Wilson, who was, you know, a, he was an idol of, uh, he was a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. And so with Aaron Rodgers working with him, they felt this. Hey, look here. This is the great thing. We have Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years. That he's working with Zach Wilson, and then we see how Zach Wilson is, and now we we can recoup our second round pick. And as it turned out, so far, as it turns out, whatever he tried to work with Zach Wilson, it didn't it didn't take. So that failed, and Aaron Rodgers because he was hurt, that failed. So. You know, I hear what you're saying about Carr, but then again, Carr's missed time this season. So, it logically, yes, Carr would have been the better answer. Carr's younger. Carr's going to be there longer. 
that would that would have been the big, the the better thought process. The Jets were thinking right now. We we're not looking long term. We'll worry about what we're doing at quarterback later. All right, with Aaron Rodgers and this defense, we think we have a shot to go deep into the playoffs, maybe even winning a Super Bowl. And if we do that, we that buys us time. Okay, we'll go with Aaron Rodgers until he's ready to walk away, and then we'll worry about who's going to be the quarterback then. And they still may have to go out and get another veteran quarterback and then go through the draft again. But they were just thinking about right now. And that was the decision that they made, thinking about right this minute. Uh, in hindsight, listen, it was always you always should have gone with the younger quarterback. But they just they just didn't think that was the right way to go. And it's, you know, they're in this situation again. But really, when you think about it, they totally, totally underestimated how bad this offensive line was. I don't care who you put back there. This team was not going deep into the postseason. The offensive line couldn't block. Couldn't block. I mean, he couldn't block. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson got a concussion. And we can debate whether he was able to play and maybe this week or a week or two, uh, you know, whatever. We can debate it if we want to. But he got a concussion behind this line. Aaron Rodgers got hurt four snaps behind this line. And Derek Carr missed time with New Orleans, who has a better line. He would have missed time here, too. So ultimately, it really doesn't matter who's behind the center on this team. Once again, they've got to do a better job of putting an offensive line together and some depth and as much depth as you can get. You're not going to have great depth. I mean, I mean, 15, 15, 16 different lineups at O-line? How, how do you survive that way? You can't. This I remember having this conversation with a bunch of O-linemen, be it Damian Woody when he was with the Jets, be it Willie Colon, be it, I don't care who it is, be it DeBrickenshaw Ferguson, be it Nick Mangold, you name the offensive lineman, we've all had the same conversations. It's about chemistry. It's about being with the guy to the point that you know what they think. You know how they act. You know everything about, you know what they're even thinking about before they think about it. Okay, and that only comes with playing alongside one another. D is in Brooklyn. What's up, D? Hey, good night, Lance. Larry, happy, happy New Year. Same to you and yours. Um, I just want to say uh, Woody Johnson is a loud mouth. He didn't even, he said he was going to open a wallet for a, a quarterback, and he didn't even speak to Lamar Jackson. They went with this whole uh, ideology that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers, thinking that he's going to be the savior. And it's not like 10 years ago. The defense, defense around the lead is getting way better. Aaron Rodgers won't be able to keep up. He's 38 years old. He's not, he's not Tom Brady. And I don't think he'll be able to keep up with the defense coming out now. So, they didn't really want to spend. They didn't want to open the wallet. They could have spoken to Lamar Jackson and see where we went from there. Well, D, D, thanks for the phone call. Here's the situation there. I agree with you. I thought that they should have gone after Lamar Jackson. As we got further and further into the negotiations, we found out that Baltimore was not ready to give him up. They were ultimately going to match 
whatever somebody else, whatever money he could get, they were not letting him walk out the building in Baltimore. Uh, their thought process was they were trying to see if they could, if he would get a deal so they could decide how much money they were going to pay him. He wanted X amount of dollars. They wanted to give him Z amount of dollars. And if he was able to get X amount of dollars from somewhere else, then of course, of course they were going to pay him. They were never going to let Lamar Jackson walk out the door. And listen, when you see what he's been able to do this year, you understand why he's even, he has improved, not always running, but sitting in the pocket and throwing dimes down the field, lasers down the field. He has really improved. And that was the biggest, you know, the biggest uh, concern and criticism of him was that he had to, you know, he was always running. We had to improve him on, we had to improve his ability to throw. And, um, you know, he, he's done that this year. There's no question about it. He is a far better quarterback this year than he's been. And he's won an MVP. <laughs> so that tells you a lot. Charles is in Newark. What's up, Charles? Hey, Larry. Good to hear you again. So I got a question. The season's over, and now we start to look at, okay, the landscape of the draft, right? And mm-hmm. for my money's worth, you got the college uh, final coming up. You got Penix in there. Yeah. Now you start to talk about, okay, everybody thought it was Caleb uh, Williams and Drake May, but now people are starting to talk about McDaniels, LSU kid. Mm-hmm. Now you got to start to respect Penix a little bit, right? Like how yeah. deep is this quarterback draft? Do one of those guys make it to the Giants in the second round? Like the options are starting to open up. It looks like a lot of talent. What do you think? Uh, it is a lot of talent, Charles. Thanks for the phone call. And the Giants have a decision to make. I mean, one of them could go in the first. The Giants are what, fourth or fifth. They're going to draft. They could get a player in the first round, a quarterback like that. And Penix, I tell you what Penix is doing, he is really upping his uh, worth with these last couple of games. Okay, what he, the not only his ability, but his him throwing the ball precisely where it needs to be. I, I was very impressed. Now Buddha, who calls uh, us, calls the station a lot. Buddha from the Bronx, and he's called uh, ESPN New York tonight, and he's called me for a number of years. He was the first one that turned me on to Penix. And after he had talked about Penix so highly, I started watching some video on him. I started watching a couple of games. Uh, I watched maybe two games, but this last game last week, uh, I was thoroughly impressed. His ability to drop the ball right in the receiver's hands over the defender and right where the receiver could make some more yardage, and then go out of bounds was impeccable. Where his ball placement is outstanding. And he can move around a little bit. So uh, that's why, and now he's playing in the, you know, he's playing in the championship tomorrow night in the game you can hear on our family of networks, 1050 ESPN, and of course ESPN uh, New York. They will pick it up after the uh, Ranger game tomorrow night. But that's that's a, a quarterback that, this quarterback program is getting deeper there's no question about it and there are some teams in this draft who are who aren't going to take a quarterback now the bears you know they're not are the bears going to take a quarterback again i mean has has justin Fields shown them enough to say okay we can work with him and we're going to trade down or people will take the the door is open trade will trade we're open for business and get a boatload of picks in exchange for, you know, a chance to draft a quarterback. 
Is that what they're going to do? I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm not sure what, what happens there. All right? But I'm telling you, Penix has put his name on the ballot. Now, just for me. Now, if you are a a GM or a scout worth your, your salt for any of these NFL franchises, you know what he can do. You've watched him all season and even last season. You've watched him. You know what he can do. I'm just talking about what I've seen from him that was so impressive over these past couple of weeks that I've watched him. I mean, Buddha was sending me game film on him. I hope Buddha's you know, hope Buddha's getting part of that agent money because it's, it's going to be, you know, that's going to be pretty good for him. 1-800-919-3776. Tell you what, we're going to step away for a quick break. When we return for a couple of minutes, we're going to turn our attention to some basketball. Alan Hahn from Bart and Hahn will join me. We'll get his thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.